If you're an impact investor and believe in the power of patient capital to change lives, build communities, and create a more inclusive economy, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the best podcast, short for Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive, where we share the impact of patient capital when combined with the grit, resilience, and determination of Black entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, founder and CEO of Ironbound Boxing and Ironbound Media, both based in Newark, New Jersey, where I have a passion for social impact, economic development, and community empowerment. On this episode of The Best Podcast, I sat down with Jason Martin, owner of Jason Martin Productions, a leading digital multimedia service company that specializes in corporate photography and video marketing. Jason and his team have been providing video and photography services to New Jersey's tri-state area for over 15 years, making him a seasoned entrepreneur. The last 18 months of the pandemic were a defining moment in Jason's entrepreneurial journey, forcing him to quickly adapt when client calls stopped coming in and his revenue fell to zero, like so many other black entrepreneurs. Jason bought out a competitor, pivoted to a new line of business and services, and found a way to survive and thrive regardless of the situation. On today's show, Jason opens up about his journey, what led him to starting his business in the first place, and the challenges he's faced receiving access to capital despite being a business owner for over 15 years. Before you hear from Jason and I, make sure you subscribe to the Best Podcast newsletter at the link in the show notes. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite listening service. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories of Black entrepreneurs. We appreciate you for tuning in with us today and hope you enjoy the following episode. Jason, welcome to the best podcast. How's it going? Listen, I'm glad to be here, man. You know, you always want to be a part of the best. Like, you know, if it wasn't the best, then I wouldn't, I'd, you know, I'd just be doing all right. So you got to be great if you're with the best. We're coming off a of Labor Day weekend. Uh, super excited to get Jason on here to tell his story. And uh, Jason, let's just jump right in. How about you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey, everybody. I'm Jason from J. Martin Photography and um, J. Martin Productions. Um, I also have J. Martin Weddings. Um, you know, I'm all in when it comes to photography and video. That's that's me. People, someone asked me yesterday. I, I got a call yesterday. Um, actually, it was an email, and then we, we it turned into a conversation. And they're like, yeah, I wasn't sure if you still do photography or, or video, you know, because of the pandemic, a lot of stuff changed. And, you know, my answer to them was simple. I was like, you know, it's the only thing I know how to do well. You know, if people stop paying me to do photography and video, I'll be one of those people with a sign that says, I'll, I'll take your picture for some food. You got to do what you got to do, especially in times like these. Yeah, it's, it's fun times, man. Fun times. How'd you get into photography? Um, a friend of mine took me to uh, Photo Plus, is the big photography um, convention. Um, I just went because I, you know, I wanted to hang with them with some good friends, and I picked up a magazine, uh, Photoshop magazine, and I thought Photoshop was cool because I never could draw. Remember, I told you I could only do one thing. I, I can't draw or do all of that stuff, but with Photoshop, I thought it was cool because. I could manipulate the picture and I, I was able to create some really cool things. So I just started messing with Photoshop and I actually um, 
someone gifted me a camera, but I was using pictures and, and creating stuff. And I liked it. It was like artistic to me and, and, and stuff like that. So that was the beginning that how we put it, that's, that's how I met. And, you know, it, you know, I haven't left her since, you know, we've been inseparable. When did you start your business? So at the time I owned, uh, a recording studio and I was working with, uh, you know, different artists and, and stuff like that in reference to like, you know, recording music and stuff like that. I was pretty young too uh, at that particular time. But even then, anybody know that if you work with artists, it takes a lot of patience, uh, a lot of, and one of the interesting thing that would always used to happen, you know, I would be fighting with these guys to, you know, for studio sessions that, you know, are, are not a lot in cost. You, you pay X hours for a session and, and, and so forth. But they would come in, they'd be like, look at my album cover. I paid 400 for this. It's like 400. That's, you know, that's a lot of hours in the studio. And or they'll come in, hey, we just shot this music video. You know, we paid 2000 for that. Like, 2000 You know, just so as I was playing around with Photoshop and this thing. I said, you know, what if I could do that album cover? Or what if I could do, do a video? And it, and it kind of started from there. But then I tr- I did a few weddings um, just for friends. And, you know, I like the audience better, people that actually show up on time and, and listen. And, and, you know, it kind of is just one thing led to another. And from, from consumer I got, my, you know, I got into corporate, which I love even more, you know, so it, it just, it, it was just a progression, a natural progression. How long have you been doing it for now? Um, too long, man. I, I, maybe you could teach me how to, to do the podcast. It won't be the best, but it'll be one of them. But um, I've been doing this for over 15 years, man, 15 years. So a seasoned entrepreneur. You know, I've, for as long as I remember, I was been working for myself. I had a question for you, man. You said coming off a of Labor Day. What's 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 Labor Day? You're right. I know. <laughs> even 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 when we're trying to rest, y'all, all we're thinking about is our is our ventures. I was gonna say, like, you know, when you work for yourself, holiday, like, you know, my boss want to prove that, like, <laughs> absolutely. So one thing I would love you to share with our listeners, Jason, is that. When you think about the last 16, 18 months from this pandemic and you think of the word resilience, right? What does that mean to you when you hear the word resilience? You know, very good question. This pandemic, um, what what I've seen it done for, for people around me in my industry is that it defined who you are. It defined whether this is what you do or it was a thing that you're trying. I've watched a lot of people um, that's been doing this for a long time that call it quits. But if you're still here, it means you're, you know, it's like one of those things. If you survive it, like, you know, how could they hit you any harder? You know, the word Jersey strong and all of that. But for me, my story around the pandemic, you know, it, it, it hit me differently because it's like, besides, Besides not being used to, you know, the governor saying, hey, you can't work. And whether you want to listen or not, there's no events. There's nothing for you to do. Everybody in the house, nothing for you to take pictures of. Companies stop calling. And I didn't know that's even a thing that, you know, one day you could wake up and there's nothing to do. You go from being super busy to nothing. But besides that, I think 
I, I maintain a schedule of like events and all like I'm all over the state and sometimes in different states and all over the place and meeting people and networking and then I'm in the house by myself. It was like it was depressing to to tell you the truth and I didn't know what was next. There was thoughts coming in my head like, you know, what what happened next? Am I am I gonna have to get a job or something? Like, you know, so those thoughts were there. Um, and I wish I could tell you that I was so smart and my marketing plan and, you know, my strategic plan and all of that stuff. But the truth is, the only thing I could tell you is that my God, you know, God came through for me because it, it's, it's the only thing I could say. A friend of mine um, who I he does headshots and headshots only. Uh, he he stopped doing it because of the pandemic. There was opportunities where we could take pictures outside and stuff like that. But he had a big client that he wasn't able to fulfill because he was older. And he's like, you know, can you do this particular thing for me? And I, I went out there and I and I did it. They loved it, you know, um, you know, gave great reviews and stuff like that. I mean, it's what I do every day, so it was nothing. He's all excited, like, oh, oh, you know, wow, I have these other clients, you know, since you could do this and do that. Um, so he was pretty excited about it. And I was excited the funny thing is I didn't say it to him, but I didn't really even care about what he was paying me or anything. It just felt good to put a camera back in my hand and take somebody's picture. And after I went, he wanted me to do more. And I said, listen, I'm an entrepreneur, not someone's worker. I can't, I'm not really gonna, I enjoyed going out there and take the picture, but you, you can't, you don't have enough to pay me to go out there and, and work for you like that. And that's not my that's not my thing. That's not what I do. I could help you out because you're a buddy, but that's not what I do. Especially since I knew that he he was one of the people that wasn't going to do this anymore. I said, let's talk about buying the business. And what happened during the pandemic, I bought out my competitor and I started a different company. Well, I my both of my other companies exist, but this is just a different market. The same headshot service, just in a, in a different market. And I bought that company out. And that company did extremely well during the pandemic. And that was God's saving grace to really help me to make it through. And now that we're kind of towards the end, you know, volume picked up. But now it's interesting because I have that business that's exploding even more. But now my other business are exploding. Um, and, you know, it was just a blessing. And that's that's how I survived the the pandemic. Um, but it was looking scary for a minute. But one of the things it also did, it, it lets me know that that we're not going anywhere. Like, this is what we do, and um, the service is needed. Because I was thinking, in a pandemic, when the world feels like it's ending, who who needs pictures? Who needs photography? And, you know, people did. People, people lost their jobs and needed headshots for their new place. Um, people stopped meeting in person. So the, the picture that they have on their Zoom profile became important. I, you know, I didn't realize the importance, how important photography was. I thought it was something that was, you know, maybe an option or a luxury, but sometimes it's, it's really important. Sometimes it's the difference between whether you get the job or someone else get the job because you appeared friendly on a photo. So I learned a lot about my company and myself and my purpose during this pandemic. That's a great story. And kudos to you for making it happen. You know, I got a couple questions for you. One is when you were able to purchase your, buy out your competitors, 
where did you get the fund for that? Did you have to go through a bank loan or what was that process like? Well, good, good, good question. Um, and it's funny, you know, because when you talk, start talking money, people tighten up like, who's asking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you snitching, you snitching on here? Well, the good, the, the good news is, you know, it was without saying too much you have a situation where it's like you have someone that basically was going out of business. There's, there's really not much to sell. It's, it's, you see the value in something that someone else doesn't see, but you want to be fair to that person because you worked it out. So the answer to your question is yes. You know, I had to take some money out of my own pocket. So if you're in business, listen, you can't, you can't, you can't go month to month and you can't, you do have to save for your business is, is no different than you. For those people that are, are subscribing to all the financial advice there today, you know, everybody have an emergency. Everybody should have an emergency fund to live off of, to pay your rent, pay food and stuff like that if you're not working. But besides your personal self, if you have a business, especially if you employ other company, your company should have an emergency fund separate from you. So that if your company falls on hard time, you could operate for a certain amount of time to give you time to, to get back, so to speak. And um, another blessing was that, you know, I was so busy working, like I was working, working, working. I won't sit here and claim that I was perfect in emergency funds and financial planning. I, I was pretty good. I wasn't as bad. I mean, I'm 15 years in. I'm not a rookie. But at the same time. We were working so much, there were still checks that was on the way. Like it would take a while before some of the work that we already put out there, you know, get paid out. So that that was the opportunity. And then just working it out with him creatively, because when someone's not in a position to negotiate, you could be creative in how you structure things. And as long as the people trust you to get paid and he did, you know, he got paid more than what he expected. You know, what was the hardest moment? you faced during the pandemic? Is there like a specific instance where you were like, this is it, <laughs> you know, this is it. We might not make it. The, 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 the truth is for the first, I want to say, and, and I know the, the numbers, because when you tell a story, sometimes things cross or whatever. So I don't know if I said the months of time off, but I mean, whatever that period was, I want to say it could be two months. It could be three months. It was two or three months where I didn't leave the house and I was starting to feel depressed. Not like, you know, well, maybe depressed. I, I didn't, I wasn't motivated. I was, I, I even, I even got a, a overweight. I, I'm not the type of person that would get more than six hours sleep normally because I'm always running. You know, I was sleeping half the day. Like, you know, people would call me and they're like, you sleep, it's three o'clock in the day. And they're like, not you. But so it, it, it was bad. Like I said, before that call came in, I was in I was in the house looking like I, I don't know. And then, like I said, there was that lingering thought. Well, at some point, am I going to have to get a jet? Like, what's what, what next? Like, you know. But it was it was it was it was the first couple of months was depressing, and 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 then besides yourself, not thinking these selfish thoughts, you know, people. People were dying. People were sick. You, you hear these stories and stuff like that. And then I, another concern I had, you know, my the type of work I do involves people, like being around people. 
you know, gatherings of people. Um, so the question is, I said, well, if I caught this thing, will I ever be around people? You know, there wasn't a lot of information at the time. Will I ever be able to be around people again? Or, you know, and that was some of the fear that, that you know, made my competitor afraid because he was older. He's like, he's not risking it, you know. So it was, it was, it was, it was too scary. I thought it was the nail in the coffin, you know. Yeah, no, I know for me, my, the date you're talking about, you're probably talking about from March. So like March 12th, 2020, when the world shut down to about March. April. I'm a Marine, y'all. I apologize. March, April, May, you know, probably that May, June time frame. And that was a scary time for a lot of people because we didn't know what the future was going to look like. You know, they said the pandemic was going to end, you know, in April and clearly it hadn't. And we know that black entrepreneurs, particularly small business owners really got hit hard from an economic perspective. Um, So uh, we were all feeling it and you're right. It probably was depression, you know, sometimes. And and I want to add to some, something there. I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to complain because in the end they got it together, but I feel like entrepreneurs a lot of times get the, we're last. We're just last. Like you, you fill out an application, um, you put that you're, you you have your own business. Is like, in my opinion, that is looked down on. It's like it's good, but is it sustainable? They look at it as like, well, you could be gone tomorrow, and and it's sad because if if you look if you look at our our country, there's so many corner stores and. Uh, there's so many small businesses that support so many people and employ so many people. Listen, we need the big corporations. We need the big places. They're very important. But I, you know, I think that entrepreneurs are are just as important. They give so many opportunities to so many people. And I think initially when stuff came out, we weren't we weren't considered at first. I mean, and then you you know you talk about unemployment and all that stuff. There was no unemployment to file because you you weren't doing things a certain way and and you know when that first round of certain things came out you weren't eligible for like we weren't written into the plan right away um, so it was adding to that it was that frustration you start thinking hey man I I pay just as much if not more taxes on a business why don't I have some of the same insurances and, and freedom and 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 when things go wrong, help. Um, it came, it, you know. But like I said, it, you're talking about a marine. It took took a few months for the cavalry to came and 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 to say, hey, we should go back and try to help them out. So it was it was a very scary time and a lot of lessons learned. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we're having this podcast is to really kind of tell these stories and talk about the importance of getting capital to the people that can benefit the most from it. And you know, black small business owners, like you said, it's a it's a market that that people tend to overlook. And clearly, you know, from people like yourself, been in business for 15 years, been doing this thing, it shouldn't be so hard for you to get that kind of emergency capital. Um, now, talk to us about what kind of capital you were able to receive. What was that Calvary that came? Um, you know, you know, they they obviously they came. They had the the PPP. They had the the disaster relief loan and stuff like that. Um, originally. Um, with the PPP, I wasn't sure, um, or the, 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 the rules weren't clear, at least from the information I was getting. The rules wasn't clear if you were self-employed, if you didn't have certain numbers and things like that. And certain grants, 
like, like I said, it took it took a second before the the information came out to say, hey, small businesses are included, or if you're self employed, or, or different things like that. So the, those things came came around. But you know, I I just feel like there was there were there eventually there was a sense of small businesses are important. We're going to help them, and and to be honest, black small businesses are important. I mean. We, we don't want to overshadow other things that were happening happening with during the the pandemic um, there was also the black lives matter movement and different things like that and I think you know besides just shedding light on um, on injustices in, in 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 the government it also shed light it, it brought this idea that hey we have to just look at the black community as a whole and look at the things that they go through. And I think that affected the businesses. People started looking at black owned and there was a little bit more empathy and support there. And, you know, we're definitely not always looking for a handout. We're just looking not to be marginalized, like, oh, they're not going to make it, or, you know, at least, just to be fair, you know, at least give us a chance if, if it looks good. You know, I feel like a lot of, I don't, I can only speak for myself. If, if I feel like, I don't have, if I feel like I'm not lendable or if I have no means of giving your capital back, I'm not going to act, walk into the bank and say, I have an idea. If you could help me with this, maybe you, you get what I'm saying. A lot of times we know when we don't qualify and we don't apply. So the, the problem though, is then when we, we apply and we're just, we have the things, but then someone else has a better shot. I mean, we did hear during these PPP and all this stuff, we heard about these big companies that were like just getting so much in first. And remember, it was a thing where some people got funded and a lot of people didn't, you know. So the problem is not that we weren't able to pay back or we weren't strong enough. We we just sometimes can't compete with the bigger folks, you know, as far as um, being able to show the numbers that you need to give us to give us the capital that we need. You sound like someone who's been through this process, going in the bank, trying to get a loan, and uh, that didn't work out for you, huh? Listen, you know, earlier on, um, I, I did it, man, all the way. Like, you know, I could I could go back to the beginning when um, even on a personal side, going to get a car with, with, with good credit. This was a while back, going to get a car with good credit and everything. And they're like, oh, you're self-employed. And then the rate skyrocketed again. Like, I'm like, what? Wait. Um so I've been through a lot. And the thing is, you live, you learn, you get stronger. Now I walk into a bank and it's like, I'm not asking them for money. It's where I'm, when, when I walk in there, I know, I know what I could get. I know I think, and I know I look good to them. The question is, what, what's in it for me? What rate are you going to give? Because this person and that person will do it. The question is, what, what does this relationship have to offer me? Because listen, if you're a small business, there's no way around it. You need that relationship with capital. You're going to need it at some point. And, and if you feel you don't need it now, this is the time to get it. So when you do, do need it, you don't struggle for it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got listeners tuning in now. And I, before I even go to this point, I want you to talk to us of how you start, list, how you start looking towards the future as you start to look towards the future. Right. How do you plan to continue to thrive on the other side of this pandemic and carry your business forward? You know, 
right before right the, before the pandemic hit, I was smiling because um, I felt like it was never a better time to be in the business that I'm in. Um, when you have a business idea and the thing, one of the toughest thing, you know, is marketing and sales and different things like that. But it's nothing like when you have a product where people find you and they're begging for your service, especially if you're good at it and you're, you're great at what you do. I mean, I take pictures and I create videos, you know, for commercials or, you know, somebody wedding and different things like that. Photography and video in this age is, I call it better than gold. I mean, people are buying on their cell phone, on Instagram and ads. Like every ad that you see is either a picture or a video. Like, you know, our word, like books, unfortunately, are, are you know, even websites with a lot of words, they're not getting the attention unless, you know, I, I, just, I just bought a new photo booth. We're upgrading our photo booth. It didn't come with any instructions. There was no, I, I made a big purchase for a photo booth, like, you know, spend a lot of money. They sent me this product and this product came with no words. In order to put it together, you needed to watch a video. That's the world we're in. So in that kind of world, all I need to do is continue to grow my business and grow my staff because the needs are coming. They need us. They need us to produce videos and we can't grow fast enough to handle the need of the future as far as photography and video. Yeah, that's a great point. There's this whole concept called digital natives. So this kind of digital first experience, it's like how you know when people go out to eat at a restaurant before they pick what restaurant they want to eat at. They're looking at the Instagram page. They're looking at the photos, you know? And so you're right. There's this whole new market opportunity to continue to capitalize on that and create these digital experiences, leveraging video and uh, photos and everything in between. And one of the things I would love you to talk about to our listeners and get your feedback is we have lenders, impact investors, people that have the ability to get access to black entrepreneurs. What do you think they're doing wrong currently in deploying that capital? And what can they do better to get it to the communities that need it most? I think they're, what they're doing wrong is not calling me every day, but like, Jason, how much money do you need? Yeah. Um, you know, I, one thing I learned how to do is stay in my lane. I do photography and video. You know, I really can't, I really can't tell somebody how to, to lend. Um, and, and how to do their business better. But one thing, one thing I would say that I've noticed, um, and it, so much so that I've switched relationships, you know, and I'll, I had, I had a relationship with one bank. I won't say names. It's just smart enough in case the other one changed your mind. I had one relationship with one bank and when I needed them the most, they weren't, like I said, I'm not at the place where anybody says no to me anymore, but they treated me like everybody else, where if I took that same relationship that I have to another bank, you know, if I was a bigger fish in a smaller pond, they, they, they would appreciate it so much more. So I, I think as far as investors and, and things like that, I think one of the things that would, would probably be really good, I know you have to go by the numbers and I know you have to go by the, the statistics. Um, and I know it's not a social thing. I know it's, it's a, we need to make money thing, but I think that in your process, you really should have a way that you could learn a little bit more about the people that you're giving money to and, and the story, because some people like, for example, um, 
I'll be first to say that in the beginning where I suffered, I wasn't the greatest business person. Um, and, and that's because I came at it wrong. When I first came at this, um, you know, I was learning photography and video and I was studying, I was trying to be the best, which was important. But to be honest, that's being the best photography and video and all that stuff was great if I wanted to be a freelancer, if I wanted to be an artist. But if I want to have a business that service sending different people out to do photography and video, what I needed to learn was business. Thank you to Rutgers for that. Some of their programs, they were very helpful. Um, and I actually went back to school and got a business degree. Like you want to be in business, you have to learn business. You want to borrow money from the bank, you have to learn lending. You don't want to learn that when you walk into the bank for the first time, because you might you might learn that lesson the hard way. So I just think it's 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 really about the the best thing that they could do as investors is just, you know, try before you say no sometimes, just take a look at the story. Because I mean history itself has proved that there's, you know, you look at some of the, the amazing story and you can look at it as a capital investment thing. I mean there was a time where Netflix was reaching out for to, to help from from blockbusters, you could look at that as a capital investment type thing. Blockbusters look at them like, you know, who are you? Who's blockbusters now? And that's the kind of thing on on smaller scales that happen when you don't really get to know the people and what they're doing. Sometimes as an investor, you could miss, miss out on your biggest opportunities, you know, for those relationships with good people that are growing. That's a great point. No, um, and that's, you know, I think that's why it's important to have platforms like this, you know, to kind of create some agency and give people some understanding about the caliber of entrepreneurs that we have, like as black entrepreneurs, you know, that outside perspective and just being open and honest and uh, sharing these insights with them. Now, in the time we have left, I would love you to, to share any closing remarks you'd like with our listeners and then also let us know how we can support you and your company. I wish I was prepared for that answer. I, well, you know, I want to take some time. I want to thank you. I mean, I think this is the first podcast that I've been on. And to, to, to jump on the best is, is you know, and, and the funny thing is some of the things I talked to you about, I just answered it as you spoke. It's not something that I thought about. So hearing it come out of my own mouth has been inspirational and, and in a sense to make me say, you know, encourage me a little bit to keep um, pushing forward. Uh I want you to continue to do what you do um, to help people share their stories and tell their, their stories because that's, you know, marketing is, 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 is letting people know you do business. And the number one thing that'll separate you from someone else is your story, your, how, how you did it. So I think what you do is priceless as far as helping people um, share their story. Um, they can log on to our website, jmartinproduction.com. We're on Instagram, jmartinweddingandevents. Um, yeah, just, just you know, log on to the website. Reach out. Give us a call. If you need photography and video, give us a shot. You know, I think you'll, you'll be happy you did. Well, Jason, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Um, we look forward to seeing all the exciting growth that's going to take place with your venture. And to our lenders and impact investors listening, you know, be sure to check out his website and uh, his business. I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes. And I'm asking everyone who's listening to make sure you subscribe to the best podcast on Substack 
our newsletter for this series at the link in the show notes. You can also listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. And we'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories of black entrepreneurs. To learn more about the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development at Rutgers Business School, visit www.business.rutgers.edu slash cued. That's C-U-E-E-D. I'll also include that link in the show notes. And until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.